Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insight and professional and business development. Travel Market Life, join us by webcast, video or podcast. Hello and welcome to Travel Market Life, episode three. In this session, we're going to be speaking to Neville Isaac, who is the Chief Customer Officer for Beyond Price, a revenue management system. Neville has uh, been a general manager. He's also worked uh, within revenue management at NH Hotels and has since gone on to work within Beyond Price as a, within revenue management systems, looking at how revenue management systems can actually help improve uh, the delivery of better rates into the marketplace. I've got Neville on the line with us now. Uh, hello, Neville. How are things going over there in Spain? Morning, Ryan. Well, um, we're into week six of lockdown. <laughs> so uh, I'd quite like to uh, go and have a beer on, in the park, but uh, we're, we're getting through okay. Madrid's been the epicenter of, um, of coronavirus in Spain. There's something like 60,000 cases just in Madrid. But we see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So... Um, I'm feeling good about about things slowly getting better. I mean, you've been busy. You've been all over the webinar circuit over the last few weeks. Uh, how has that been to uh, move all your discussions offline to online? Um, it's been very interesting. Um, there's good things. Uh, every, every crisis has good things come out of it. One good thing that's come out of it is that um, we've, there's been a lot of solidarity in the industry and people are trying to help each other and uh, people are happy to invite you to their webinars or you to theirs or share information. Uh, so this is really good. And, and the other thing that's very interesting is um, we've done webinars in the past um, and we've done them with partners and we've invited people and it's been interesting content and we've had maybe 100 attendees. I was in a webinar yesterday with 650 people attending. Uh, so uh, there's a lot more interest. Um, so this is good. Uh, there's some interesting discussions. But I do think that we may be approaching webinar overload um, uh, because everyone's talking about the same thing, uh, how to get over coronavirus. Um, I've also seen some presentations where people are saying what they what's going to happen, but nobody knows what's going to happen. And I think we have to be careful. I have no idea which segment's going to come back first, which feeder market's going to come back first, or when. But, but I do know what things you can do to make sure you're ready. And I think that is some of the discussions I've seen, people are just making it up. Um, um, I mean, it is an interesting time. I mean, we have all been hit by something so unexpected. And no matter how well we had our plans laid out, many of those plans have had to be scrapped. We'd had to, a lot of people have had to go back to the drawing board, uh, re-identify um, what it is that they're able to contribute at any given point in the in the road to recovery. And we've obviously seen some businesses being able to find a way to provide that support right here, right now, by providing beds or providing food in some way um, or, or changing the way they deliver their service from restaurant to takeout to delivery. Um, and, and, and one of the particular things is, I guess, this idea of values, right, of, of what are your values and, and how can you uh, work on those basis in order to develop a business for yourself? I mean, I, I fully agree with this. And actually, I think that the industry has shown that it's full of people who do have values. Um, and people are really helping out. I mean, 
most hotel chains have offered their their hotels uh, to be used by the government. Um, in Spain, there's in every city the chains are are using the hotels as sort of overflow for hospitals. Um, so this is fantastic. Um, I think we need to support the industry, uh, providing them with with things that are useful. In our case. Um, for our own clients, we have been very flexible about payments and we've offered discounts and we are, we've even offered a s schemes like it's kind of like a mortgage holiday that uh, you can you can pay later. Um, and because we believe that um, we want to be partners in a real sense and we don't just want to be someone who you pay the bill to every month. Um, and, and so. And lots of companies have done this as well. It, uh, it's not just us. We've seen lots of technology vendors doing that sort of thing. And then we we um, we have some resources in in terms of training online that we were using for our customers that we've made available to everybody. Um, yeah, because you launched the um, Beyond Price Academy, right, to be available yeah. to anybody. Uh, and and how has that gone? Well. Actually, amazing. Uh, Beyond Price Academy, we had already created it and we were giving it to our customers. Um, and right at the beginning of the, of the crisis, we decided that we would open it up to anyone in the, in the industry, uh, regardless of whether they were working or, or not working right now. Because sadly, there's a lot of people not working right now. Um, and so we opened it up. You just click on a link and register and you have access to the content it's content about revenue management so it's not about beyond price um, and uh, we've currently got 1200 people signed up wow All, almost half of whom about 40 percent of whom have completed the course so we're really happy about this uh, this is fantastic there's no ulterior motive we're not trying to sell to these people um, we just think it's useful for everyone to to have more knowledge uh, and 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 you know, it, we, people have sadly people have more time right now, so this is the perfect moment to improve yourself. Uh, so we're really happy about this. And the other day, we got an email from a guy in the Middle East who uh, had been made unemployed, and he said that he was really surprised that he'd been able to sign up when he wasn't able to put a company name or anything. And, and, and but that's exactly what we want to do. We want to give people this this knowledge, um, and, and and that's just an example of everyone has to think about how they can contribute to the industry because the industry as a whole uh, uh, needs to, 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 to survive and, and to, to, to stay, stay uh, relevant. And actually, I think in, the, in a webinar yesterday, we were talking about this. One thing that the coronavirus has done is it's shown people that we're all dependent on each other. Uh, and even in the sense of you can't, if you don't have coronavirus, uh, you still shouldn't go out because uh, the, the the risk is not just for you; it's for everybody. And, and I think in the in the in the tourist industry, to a sort of to an extent, we've also realised we all depend on each other. Um, so this is also a good thing in, in a bad situation. 
And I guess, you know, having all these people training up on revenue management, which essentially is, is quite a new role. It's only really been around for about 20 years and it's been evolving over that time. And you working within pricing and in particular, uh, the fact to have access to data that looks at sort of future pricing, current pricing. I mean, I remember 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we, we were just launching sort of pricing products that people could download a spreadsheet to be able to identify what competitors were doing in the marketplace. And suddenly we're here with systems like your own uh, that are actually looking at how uh, rates are behaving in the future and how you can optimize those rates for the best of the customer. Obviously, um, some of those algorithms are um, a bit out of joint at the moment because there is no present bookings. Um, there, We don't know what the market is going to be look like. But nonetheless, this technology is here to stay and people need to be uh, upskilling. And it's, it's great to see that people were using this time profitably in order to add additional skills to them. But you, you, you mentioned, obviously, this fact of what you're able to give back and what we've seen other companies give back. And I guess there's, you know, in, in some ways, there's the aim and, uh, angels and demons um, in, in within all of this. And um, what's been quite interesting is the fact that Booking.com, um, you know, um, one of the, the biggest, most powerful online travel agents um, and even companies potentially in the world, um, uh, got a four billion dollar loan in order to see them through i mean it, 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 do, do we have to be conscious is, is this sort of like a warning signal to us in the industry that perhaps booking is not necessarily on as stronger foundations as we are made to believe i mean i think uh, i think yes i think that's true uh, um, i mean we have to bear in mind that what's happening right now nobody would ever have predicted this, uh, or certainly not within the travel business. Um, uh, so what's happening is is a once in a lifetime kind of kind of thing, and and I think it is shaking the foundations of what we thought we knew. Um, and Booking.com obviously asked for this loan. Um, I, I've read also their furloughing people, uh, and, and this is for hoteliers. This is this is. Quite surprising. I mean, we have clients who get more than half their bookings from Booking.com, um, and they have a dominant position, certainly in Europe, not so much in North and South America. Um, and to think that this dominant position might not be so secure as we thought, what I think is the distribution landscape could change as a result of this. Uh, it's not clear to me who could come into this landscape, but there's plenty of players who could. Google, everyone's been talking about Google for a long time, Amazon, um, maybe even people like Apple uh, um, could, could come into this landscape. Um, so I think that all the certainties that we had about our business are no longer certain. I mean, it's a matter that we have to be more agile. I mean, what we're expecting at the moment, and you know, this, this is going to be the case, is that market by market, the lockdown restrictions are going to be reduced and then they're going to start to allow um, European travel and then international travel and it's all going to be staged. So surely your your distribution will have to change from day one. Um, you can't be looking, if you are used to getting international travellers into your hotel, you can't expect to be able to do that from the from the start of the of the, the lockdown being lifted. You, you have to be looking more at regional or local markets, surely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
it's clear that in in most countries uh, the when demand comes back and, and in most countries there is no demand right now um, in some countries because hotels are closed by by government uh, mandate and in some countries just because they're empty um, it's highly likely that the demand which comes back first will be local um, and local could be very local because in Spain for example where I live uh, the country is divided into autonomous communities and probably the restrictions will be lifted community by community, not in the whole country at the same time. Um, and then if you think about the Canary Islands or, or the, the Balearics, where um, uh, Mallorca and Ibiza, if you have to get on public transport to get to these places, you might think twice about it. Um, whereas if you can go in your car, uh, you're more likely to travel. So, I mean, you have to look for, first you have to understand which demand is is available to you and then how to reach it and how to reach it might not be the same way as you did before um and, and so, this is where though um perhaps hotels have traditionally only really worked with a handful of channels and tends to be those channels that are most renowned rather than necessarily channels that target specific markets or specific niche groups so i guess hoteliers need to be a much more aware of of the wider distribution opportunities available to them rather than just rely on the the good old channels that have given them bookings before mm-hmm. um, yeah Carry on. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, the, the other thing was a matter is, is this threat of um, Airbnb as well. Is has that been diminished um, as they start to move into a longer term rentals? I mean, I mean, what, what's what's been the talk um, in the conversations that you've been having um, as they start to diversify now uh, from uh, just short term rentals? I mean, it's an interesting it's it's an interesting scenario now because. Um, what had been happening up to now is that people weren't willing to offer long-term rentals because it was more profitable to sell their their apartments on Airbnb for a week or a month or 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 a day. Even. So there was some competition in terms of lodging between hotels and, and apartments. Um, if Airbnb are moving into long-term rentals because they don't have enough demand uh, for their short-stay products. Uh, whether this is good for hoteliers, I mean, I think hoteliers have the same problem. <laughs> There's not demand. Uh, so I'm not sure if this is really going to change once the market gets back to normal, whatever normal is. Um, um, I'm, I'm re- it's not clear to me yet if the, the threat of Airbnb has, has been uh, nullified to some extent or not i don't think so because actually if you think about um there's two schools of thought here and i've heard both of them and i'm still quite undecided one school of thought is that when travelers are willing to travel they will need some sort of guarantee about uh, cleanliness and sanitary conditions in where they're staying and there's one school of thought that says hotels can provide more confidence to the customers in this sense and already there's uh, several movements to create sort of quality seals. Accor has, has started to do something. The, the, there's a few movements in this direction. Marriott has set up some sort of sanitary committee or something. Um, so one school of thought says people will rather stay in hotels because they, they, they are more clear about cleanliness. But the other school of thought is if you stay in an apartment, you don't come into contact with as many people. 
you don't have to check in, you don't see anybody. So uh, as long as you are confident that the apartment's clean, then it's actually uh, a different proposition than staying in a hotel. I was going to say... Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about uh, hotel stays and I was thinking, especially where EasyJet were talking about um, how they would fill their aircrafts and, and, and potentially have a seat in between each passenger free. And then I was thinking, well, hold on a second. That's going to be the same for restaurants and, and for pubs. Well, that even means the same for hotels, for, for breakfast in the morning. How are they going to lay out the tables? Are they going to have to do uh, staged uh, breakfast seatings? And it almost seems to re- hark back to the times when... And I used to go on holiday when I was a teenager and I, we would be prescribed, you know, a time for breakfast between eight and nine or, or, or nine and ten. And it's almost like, oh, my God, are, are we actually reversing here somewhere? I, I think that's going to happen. And I actually think that the days of the breakfast buffet are limited because uh, and this is already being talked about in, in hotels. Uh, it, Rather than having a load of people crowding around a table with food on it, you can serve it to them at their table and you can limit the amount of people coming in and out. There's a hotel in Madrid uh, who've basically uh, launched this idea where they've put like um, glass panels between the tables. So it looks really weird. Um, And a month ago, if you'd shown me it, I would be like, oh my God, no one's ever going to come here. But maybe. maybe uh, this is what we need and maybe hotels have to think about being less full i mean they're going to be less full anyway right now because there's no demand but maybe you you can't you have to think about your physical product and how you can ensure that people aren't too close together um and and there's a lot to think about i guess architects have to be involved in this kind of thing as well but um it's going to change a lot of the ways that we operate i think I think it's a matter of really constantly rethinking, um, looking at a space, looking at the way you do things, seeing, thinking about the many different ways in which you could do that specific job or deliver that specific type of service and and, and having to test those, iterate those and and be ready to change uh, them at a moment's notice should circumstances change. And I think we're going to have to become much more agile as as a society than we've been used to. This idea of... um, I mean, I, I call today Groundhog Day, but then you, you, you sort of the last few weeks, you wake up, you do the same thing and you're not going anywhere different. But it's almost actually if you review what we've been doing, we, we've either we've taken all of the stuff that we did offline and we've turned it in online in exactly the same format there's been no change to the way we've delivered these things and uh, certainly over the last few weeks we we are noticing that that some of these um uh, approaches don't actually work in the same way and we do have to adapt we do have to change the way we do things um especially when you're integrating technology because technology is meant to give you extra power is meant to bring those efficiencies so um, what sort of advice uh, can you give to um, hoteliers or even the, the wider travel market, really, of when they're looking at technology, how can they be looking at their processes and their people to make sure that it's integrated in the way that's uh, going to optimize um, their, their operations rather than bring uh, add an additional task to what they're doing? I think... I mean, the last few years, the buzzword has been digital transformation. Um, And I think uh, now is the time to actually uh, do this. 
but for me, digital transformation starts before you think about technology. Um, and, and I think uh, what you need to think about is what do I need? What do I need for my business? Uh, what do my customers need? Uh, and then once you have that uh, decided, um, then you need to look at how can I do this with technology? And what technology is available and does it do what I need it to do? Um, and either you, you may decide to change the technology that you've got, or you may decide to buy some extra technology to do things that, that at present you're either doing manually or, or differently. Um, and I think this is the, this is the, the, the path. Uh, um, we're going to need a lot of data we need to understand what's happening in the market. And we need to understand at quite a micro level what's going on. So we need technology which can provide us with that data and that can also sort it. Because if not, you're just going to drown in data. Uh, but you know, everyone is everyone is absolutely waiting to see if they can identify trends of what's happening in the market, where's business coming from. Uh, we need data for that and technology gives you data and then good technology helps you to interpret that data so i think this is the time for digital transformation you could also think about processes which involve less contact with people in certain ways so these already exist but online check-ins being able to open the room door with your uh, with your phone uh, there's lots of stuff that could be useful right now um, and now is the time to think about it. The problem is, the question is whether you have funds right now to invest in this or not. But I, I, I think that hotels who do have some money in the in, in the in the kitty, uh, this is actually the time to uh, implement this. And also even think about your spend on digital marketing. Uh, uh, I don't think it's a good idea to stop spending on Google hotel ads right now, for example. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot to do, but but for me, technology is the the the, the enabler of your strategy. You have to decide what your strategy is first. And as you say, go back to the values. What is it you want to achieve for your guests? What sort of experience do you want to deliver them? And I guess as well, it's about your business. You know, what success do you want to see in your business? And how can that technology help? And obviously, right now, there's a lot of products that are available on the market, either uh, with um, a free trial period um, or no payment uh, until a certain point, um, or there are freemium products out there. So it's definitely worth checking uh, to see what's out there and speaking to different people in the community and uh, you know everybody's ready i think right now to be able to give you some advice and even their own personal experiences um, on the technology involved um so neville um when when the doors reopen and you're able to go out and about and um travel what's going to be your first destination um probably scotland <laughs> uh which is where i'm from uh and i was planning to go uh, last year I, I i didn't go for various reasons and now i can't go so um once things uh, get back to normal i guess i'll be on a plane to edinburgh uh to experience a bit of cold and wind uh to a bit of a change from my sunny madrid weather um but uh i i'd really like to go go home for a visit uh, when i can
yeah it's crazy how much uh you, you just i guess miss home when you can't do it so easily well neville thank you ever so much for joining me today thanks ryan Okay, guys, so coming up uh, soon, we're going to be talking to people within HR, uh, looking at uh, recruitment processes. And we're also going to be speaking to uh, the CEO of AC Group, uh, looking at the wholesale marketplace. And we'll be talking to um, the owner of Firebomb, um, who we're going to be about looking at the tours and activities market. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Travel Market Life. There's certainly more to come. This has been produced by Haynes Marcoms with music from Dano Songs and uh, streamed on StreamYard. You can check out all the episodes either on the YouTube channel um, or um, through the podcast. Thanks and speak to you soon.